everybody. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, welcome to Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and we're here to share some things with you that are going to help you in a practical way by tapping into God's wisdom in His Word that will help us live life in victory and overcoming and just dealing with the things that we have to deal with today. I want to look at some things, again, related back to this kind of running theme that we've had right along on this podcast, and that is that I believe God wants us to rise up particularly this year as we as we get by 2020 into 2021, that we would rise up and become more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's our heritage. That's what we are in Christ. Paul found out how to do that, how to live that way. Jesus said, Fear not, little flock, for I have overcome the world. Even in the middle of the trials, he said, You're going to have tribulations in the world, but I've overcome the world, so be of good cheer. That's what he said, not fear not, but it works. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And that we can overcome the world. Now, we're looking at some different aspects of this. And last time I talked about Jesus as our jubilee. And in the Hebrew culture, that meant that that once a, in a lifetime, everybody got to start over. Debts were canceled. Lands were returned. Uh, sins forgiven in terms of the natural sense of things. And so everybody, everything was put back to go. I believe when you were born again, everything in your life spiritually. Now, the Jubilee was more a natural thing, but in, in, in the New Testament, Jesus becomes our Jubilee. He talked in Luke 4 about the acceptable day of the Lord. He's talking about that. And so Jesus becomes our starting all over. When you got born again, your past was wiped out. There may be some consequences left over, but the thing is, you, the person you are now as a saved person, are not at fault for those consequences because you died and you are now alive in Christ. Even if you're dealing with them, you deal them with them from a totally different perspective. So that's part of overcoming the world. I want to look at something today that's kind of related. Again, it's it's a one-time thing, uh, that or a single message, I should say. And it deals with 10 men who came to Jesus. And before I read this scripture, I'm going to this drawing from 40 years of pastoring a local church. Uh, I had dreams at one time, and actually I'm doing that in a different sense. But I had dreams one time of being the next big preacher going around auditoriums, just teaching the wonderful principles of the Word of God. In my life now, I go to, uh, to pastors and church leaders, and I help them uh, to be better at what they do and to overcome in what they do. So in a sense, I'm not, I don't have a congregation now, but some of these guys have become very important to me and gals, not just guys. And so in a sense, it's the same way. But when, if you're just traveling, I, I used to listen to a lot of good teachers and there's, I'm not being negative about this. There's different callings and sometimes, but sometimes you can teach the word, even when I'm traveling to a different church, I teach the word, I, I, I preach to them, I stir them up, I give them principles. 
calls and then I leave town and go. But when you're a pastor, you deal with those people. I remember one, uh, two two specific things that I'll, I'll just throw out to kind of give you a, an idea of what it's like. My first assistant pastor was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Wonderful man, an African-American man, just, just a great guy, he and his wife. Uh, and uh, they were such helps to us. And so he went uh, to, to have surgery. And when he came out after the surgery, the doctors told his wife that uh, there was nothing they could do. His body was full of cancer. And so she came to me and she said, Pastor, uh, I'm not going to let the doctors tell him that. And I can't. You're going to tell him. Oh, thank God. But that's what pastoring is like. That's what you have to do. And so I went and I, I talked to him and I said, he's waking up from the anesthesia. He says, I've got the victory. I've got the victory. And uh, and uh, I had to tell him, well, Charles, you know, it's going to be a tough fight because uh, the doctors can't do anything. Well, as it turned out, he did pass away from that 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 disease. But thank God, uh, I believe the devil meant to destroy the church. It didn't. We keep believing in healing to this very day. And I believe Charles went through the gates of heaven saying, I got the victory. <laughs> Hallelujah. But then there was another time where a, a family came to me and, and their uh, second son was diagnosed with leukemia. And I had to work with them and pray with them. In that case, this, that young man is with us today. He's got two children of his own and a wonderful life. Uh, but you know it's difficult when when you pastor it's you're more involved and it's not just principle so I want to just share that so that you understand where I'm coming from I'm not just throwing out something that is not personal I know even though I may not know you although I may you I, there may be some that I know that are listening but if I if I don't know you I want you to understand that I'm coming from a very personal point of view I know what it's like to deal with these things and to help people deal with these things and, of course, apply them in my own life. So these 10 men came. Now, now as we look at this, one of the things that, that was kind of consistent throughout my pastoring, and, and for anybody, listen, we're all the same, and that is people, first of all, want relief from the situation that they're facing. If it's sickness, they want relief from the pain. If it's financial, they want to have the bill paid. If it's a problem in the marriage, many times we dealt with marriages, and sometimes what you you have to do really is you're doing triage, if you will. You, you have to take care of emergency medicine. You know, They're bleeding. They're bleeding in their marriage, and you've got to help them stop the bleeding and then to deal with other things. The problem is most of us, and I'm not being critical of anybody, but most of us, and if you're honest with yourself, you know that this is the case. When there is that kind of a situation and you get the relief, your first tendency is then to say hallelujah and go back to normal life. But you see, many times the problem with that is there are underlying things that led to your being in that situation. What about those? There are things that happen to us when we go through trial that can't be seen. We may not be aware of them. What about the healing that needs to come for those things? Now, so with that in mind, I want to read this story of these 10 men that came to Jesus. He said uh, in verse 12 of uh, Luke chapter 17, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And it was uh, that as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, now I want you to see that it says cleansed, and we'll touch on that in a minute. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered him and said, uh, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where uh, Were there not found any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. And the New King James says, Your faith has made you well. The Amplified says something along the lines of, of, of you, were, uh, you were healed. Others say healed, made well. But I like what it says in the Old King James. He says to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Uh, Young's uh, literal translation has says it maybe even more accurately. It says, your faith has saved you. Now, what does healing or uh, from leprosy have to do with salvation? Because the word that's translated in all those different ways is the Greek word sozo. And actually, sozo. And it's, it's, it's a word that we translate saved. If you say, I'm saved... If you're a Christian, you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can say, I'm saved, or I'm born again. But that word saved, that's the word sozo. And so, oh, I am a sozo person, if you will. But that word sozo does not mean just, I miss hell and make heaven. That word means delivered. It means healed. It means uh, it means uh, protected. It means one translation for uh, soteria, which is the noun form, is that um, uh, all the blessings of God be, uh, be bestowed upon men in Christ Jesus. So what it really means, when I say I'm saved, it means that I have access to all the blessings that are bestowed upon men in Christ Jesus. And the last entry in Strong's Dictionary is made whole. So when Jesus said to him in the, in the King James, he says, your arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. I love that word whole. Uh, what does the word whole? It means, uh, it means to be in the English. I like the English in, in particular, free of wound or injury unhurt, recovered from wound or injury, restored, being healed, hold of an ancient evil, uh, to sleep sound uh, is, is kind of a quote related to it, free from defect or impairment, intact, physically sound and healthy, free of disease or deformity, mentally or emotionally sound, having all its proper parts and components completely unmodified, absolutely together. Jesus is saying, you have been made whole. Now, what does that have to do with this leprosy thing? What are we talking about and how does it relate to overcoming the world or being more than a conqueror? Well, I believe there's some keys here that we can understand. These were 10 men who were lepers. Leprosy in that day was much more than just a physical disease. It was probably the most frightful thing, frightful. It's like a diagnosis of cancer or maybe more accurately like a diagnosis of AIDS 
particularly uh, some time ago when there was really no way that we knew to combat it. And so if, if you know, you remember the hysteria, if you're my age, that if, if someone had AIDS, if, if they found out that there was someone in a school that had AIDS, I mean, they were ostracized. They were, people were terrified that that disease might get to them because it was at that time pretty much a death sentence. And that's the way leprosy was. And it was even more so in that it didn't just kill you. Leprosy would first disfigure you. It would eat away. It's a disease that eats away at the flesh. I've seen lepers in India, and it's not a pretty thing. And so often fingers or and toes, parts of the face, a nose, an ear. I mean, before it kills you, it just leaves parts of your body as decaying, rotting flesh. And because they believed it to be highly uh, contagious, which is a little bit in, inaccurate, but they didn't know that. And because they had no way to treat it, they, they decided the best way to deal with it was to separate anybody that had leprosy from everybody everyone else. And these people had to live in horrible conditions in what were called leper colonies. They had to be separate from society. They were not allowed to go out in public, and if they were out on a public street, they had to shout, unclean, unclean, don't come near me. No one could get near them. Their families had to be cut off from them. They couldn't hug their children. If they were married, they could not, they couldn't hug their spouse or get anywhere near. They were completely separated, ostracized, marked until they found finally died. Now, some recovered, and that's what, what Jesus is, is talking about here when he says to them, I hear you. And of course, they're crying out. No wonder they're crying out. And he says, I hear you. Go show yourself to the priest. Now, that was if you somehow managed to get healed of this leprosy, if it went away. Now, I think it's interesting that on their way, it says they were cleansed. I pointed that out because it doesn't say that all the disfigurement went away. Now, not everybody was severely disfigured, but many, many were. And But see, if you could prove that your skin was no longer decaying, if those areas where it had decayed were, were healed over. But, you know, if you lost fingers, they were gone. If you lost your nose, it was gone. But it could be healed over. The skin would no longer be white, but it would be back to being pink and normal. And so he says to them, go show yourself to the priest. Now, so that was what you did if you got healed. The thing is, they hadn't been healed yet. So there's something we need to see here that is relevant to all of us. They had enough faith in Jesus to obey his words. If they got to those priests and they were not healed, they might be put to death. They certainly would be thrown out and taken back to the leper colony. But they obeyed Jesus and it says on their way. They were cleansed. I don't know how, what it would have looked like, but somewhere along the line, as they're on their way to the priests, they look down and they realize that the white rotting flesh was no longer white and rotting, but it was pink again. It was healthy again. I don't know if they got healed, if they lost fingers, if those fingers came back. I don't know if they lost nose or ears, if they came back, but they knew what they could say for sure is that they were no longer leprous. If there were consequences, there may have been, there may have been the, the consequences or the visible signs they had been, but they weren't anymore. And so they, they were happy. I, I don't know about you, but I would be really happy. And so nine of them said, 
great. This is wonderful. Let's go show ourselves to the priest and get our lives back. What had they gotten? They had gotten relief. I want to say something to you that there's nothing wrong with wanting relief. But if you need relief, usually that means there's more to it. And we need, if we want to overcome the world, we need what this last guy got. Now, the last guy, guy number 10, in a sense, he didn't obey Jesus because Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. But you see, this guy was a Samaritan. Uh, The Jews were very religious. They were under the law. They were completely consumed by that, and, and their whole lives were ordered by that. So it's understandable in a way that they would have felt it was more important to go to the priests. But this Samaritan, when he looked down, he was overwhelmed with gratitude. And that gratitude, that thanksgiving, he just couldn't continue on. He had to go back and give thanks to Jesus. And when he got back to Jesus, isn't it interesting that Jesus says, where's the rest of them? Jesus didn't tell them to come back and give thanks. Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priests. Maybe he thought they already had, but I think Jesus had more insight than that. And so this one man comes back, and Jesus is shocked that nobody else did. And he says, is this this foreigner the only one? And then he says this thing to this man. He says to him, your faith has made you whole. It's made you sozoed, not just in the spiritual sense of it. We get this in the spirit and it can manifest in our body, but he had it in his body and in his soul and in his life. Jesus said to him, you are now whole. What would that mean? Well, if you've got to walk around telling people how unclean you are and to stay away from me because there's something fundamentally wrong with me, don't you think that would cause some psychological scars? Don't you think that would give him some issues like we say today? Uh, If you had to be separated from your wife, your family, your children, your brothers, sisters, mother, father, didn't matter. Didn't matter, by the way, if you were rich or if you had position, or if you were poor, a leper was a leper. And so if you had been separated, ostracized, just just totally, uh, 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 all that you had was lost, all the position, whatever you were, you were not that anymore, you were a leper, that was your new identity. Don't you think that that would have caused some inward problems, some depression, some fear, some, some reaction uh, to people and things that would be not healthy? And then, then there's the loss. If he had a business, he didn't have it anymore. If he had income, he didn't have it anymore. He was now poor, uh, probably. I mean, there may be exceptions to that rule, but but if he's a Samaritan, he's probably got nothing left. But when he came back to Jesus, Jesus said, hey, you've been made whole. I believe that meant that all of that was restored. I think it could have and may well have meant if he didn't have fingers, all of a sudden he had him again. If he, if his nose was no, wasn't on his face anymore, all of a sudden it was back. Hallelujah. I believe that that was absolutely possible, absolutely even probable. But I also believe that it touched something inside of him. I believe his emotions were healed. I believe his identity was healed. I believe that somehow along the way, God was going to restore to him, his family, what he needed to get by and to survive and to overcome. When you are are whole, everything in place, everything where it should be, everything working, everything as it was designed to be. That is what salvation is all about. Now, how did this guy, 
Now, I don't know if the other ten, uh, nine of the ten got that, but it indicates that he got something they didn't. They got clean. They were no longer leprous. But what about the rest of it? What about the rest of their life? I don't know. God could have done something, but Jesus makes a specific statement to this man, you have been made whole. I believe in our world today, we need to be made whole. I believe that we are so wounded. Many people, so many people, particularly now, after 2020, my goodness, there are so many people who, who have lost everything, who have their identities have been taken from them. They're, they're, people are walking around in fear. We dealt with someone just not recently. And, you know, right now where we live, there's not a problem with this. COVID-19, it's still there. And people are getting vaccinated and all that kind of stuff. But we dealt with a woman who, uh, because uh, a young person who had gone with her on a trip wasn't vaccinated, she was terrified. She uh, she said, you need to come and get him because we're all going to get COVID. You know, people don't need to live in that kind of fear. And that kind of fear will work its way into other parts of our lives. People have been wounded. People have lost others to, to this thing. So many different things, and that's just COVID. What about all the other things in our culture that keep us bound, that cause us to not be what God wants us to be and cause us to not be able to live on top of the world, but we're constantly underneath things. We're constantly reacting to all of the bad things. Listen, we don't have to be that way, and particularly if you are a Christian, then you are sozoed. Hallelujah. You've been made whole. How did he access that? He came back to Jesus and he gave thanks. He didn't just say, oh, this is great. I'm, I've got my relief and I'm on my way. He came back and he gave attention to Jesus. He gave thanksgiving. There's something about thanksgiving that really uh, breaks bondages and not just that it opens the heart of God, but it creates a connection between us and God that causes something to happen inside of us. The more we thank him, the more we praise and worship him and glorify him, then it opens up our heart so that he can then go in and deal with much more than just giving us relief from, from the symptoms, but he can heal the disease and he can make us whole again. Let me read that definition in the English. Free from wound, free from injury, unhurt. He can cause us to come to a place where we're unhurt, even if we've been wounded, recovered from wound or injury, restored, being healed whole of an ancient evil. I slept sound. That's a, that's a quote. Free of defect or impairment, intact. Doesn't this relate to this whole thing about leprosy? Physically sound and healthy, free of disease or deformity, mentally or emotionally sound. That is yours in Christ Jesus. How do we access that? How do we release that power in our lives? Well, first of all, you need to come to him by faith. You need to obey what he tells you to do. If there's something in your life that's not right, you need to repent and ask God to help you with it. But, but uh, then we need to be willing to come back and spend time with him, spend time worshiping him, spend time thanking him. There's something about a thankful heart. You know, in the world, thanksgiving or giving of thanks is a response to good things happening to us. But in the realm of the spirit where God is concerned, 
Thanksgiving is also a cause, not just a response. It produces something. Not We don't just respond to it. I give him thanks before I may even see the result. But as I give him thanks, that goes out into the realm of the spirit. And it causes something to begin to happen. It causes angels to go to work for, for us. It causes our hearts to be opened. And we begin to be able to receive. You know, everything that you get... Uh, I've touched on this before, but I think it's so fundamental. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 that we are saved by grace through faith. Grace is the gift part. Hallelujah. I don't have to earn wholeness. I have wholeness. But how do I access it? I access it by faith. Say by grace through faith. Faith is the thing that causes me to access everything that he's given me. All the blessings of God bestowed upon man in Christ Jesus. Listen, this is just a little little taste of this. You go back and you read those scriptures about wholeness. You, you look that up in the Bible. Find out what sozo really means or saved really means and understand something that is yours today we access it by giving glory to God come back to Jesus you know when you get the thing that you need I'm not saying people aren't grateful but it's just human nature we get relief we go on with things stop for a moment and more than a moment and go back and begin to give thanks to God. I tell you, it wouldn't hurt you every day to get up in the morning and thank God for what he did yesterday or the day before or the next thing you can remember. Thank God and glorify him for his goodness. Thank God and glorify him because he's changed your life. If you're born again, he's changed your life. If you're not born again, you can believe and receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, for with the heart man believes unto salvation. With the mouth confession is made, uh, excuse me, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and confession is then made unto salvation. You can become, you can be new on the inside. Jesus can become your jubilee right now, right where you are. You don't worry about saying it all the right way. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. I'm giving you my life, and something can and will happen, and you will be made whole. If you're a Christian and you've been walking around under the pressure, under the under the oppression, we all have it. I'm not saying it just all goes away immediately. I'm not saying we don't ever feel it. I'm not saying we don't ever get shaky. I'm not saying any of that. But I am saying that the more we realize wholeness, wholeness is part of my uh, my heritage in Christ. And the more we thank God for it, and the more we glorify God, and the more we are conscious of the fact that I don't have to live without being whole in Him. Whole spiritually, whole emotionally, and I believe whole physically. You know, God has helped me stay healthy. I'm 67 now, and I'm, I feel like Caleb. I can take the mountain like just like I was when I was 40, and I believe I'm still going to be doing it when I'm 80. But whether or not I am, I'm whole in myself, in who I am, in what I am. I don't, I'm not overwhelmed by all the things that are happening today. And I'm not allowing fear to control my life. You can be whole. You are whole if you're saved. Access it. Thank God for it. Thank God for what he's done for you. And it's going to cause the causes of what's happened in your life to begin to be healed and wiped away. 
God bless you. Listen, we're going to take some time off next week. I won't be posting. Uh, I, I backed off a little bit in the summer, but I won't be putting up a, a message next week because we're going to be traveling to uh, visit our our uh, some of our children and uh, some other things. So listen, check back again. I might put some one of the older ones up, but check back anyway. There's plenty here. We'll be back again in, a, in about a week. God bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus, be made whole. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.